Right, we've got a great guest for you guys, as you can see. Asif Manbi is here from The Daily Show, from a thousand movies and a thousand TV shows, <laughs> all of which I have watched. Uh, really, you've watched a two thousand of my movies and television shows. But it's it's a little magical That's because as I was going through the list, I was like, "The Siege, check. Analyze this, check. Really? Spider-Man, too surprisingly, check. Okay, uh, nice. the internship, check. Right." Uh, it, Sopranos check, Sex in the City check, Wow, Oz check, Miami wow. Vice check. Yeah. Okay. Wow, you've watched entirely too much Asif Manvi <laughs> That's right. stuff. Let alone The Daily Show, <laughs> let alone your new show. The new show, show by the way, we're going to talk about yeah. is Halal and the Family. It, it originated on uh, Funny or Die, but you can find it at halalandthefamily.tv. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, Asif was, uh, is Muslim. Okay. I was born Muslim. I don't know what your current standing is. I'm, I consider myself, I guess, like a cultural Muslim, whatever uh -huh. that means. You know, I think like, that makes like sense. It means, it means, yeah. I, it means I, I, I do everything except eat pork. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what all Muslims yeah. do when they're not very religious and they're just like, like uh, you know, it's like I'm not really. I mean, I don't eat pork. That's the one thing I don't do, you know. Yeah. But it, but I drink, you know. It's so it's that. So you've dis in, described the entire nation of Turkey. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Right. Exactly. It's like in Turkey, they 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 drink, but they just don't drink during Ramadan. Right. right? Exactly. Yes. And then if you're drinking alcohol during Ramadan, they're like, "What's wrong with, what's wrong with you? you? You're not a I'm good like, Muslim. What, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. It's like, like you know, in the Quran, it doesn't say that. It says you're not allowed to drink at all. So you're going to hell right along with me. Let's just be clear about that, right? So they're yeah. culturally Muslim. Yeah. I, I, I was born Muslim, so I was culturally Muslim, I guess. But at 22, I was like, I'm done with all this. Yeah, 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 not, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. none of this is true, and I'm done with it, Yeah, right? So now I drink, I gamble, wow, I eat you, bacon. It's a great yeah, life. God. You should try yeah. it. Yeah. So the, you wow, don't need I should to really hang do out that. with cultural I, BS for no reason. <laughs> Bacon is God's food. I got news for you. <laughs> all right. Now, so normally what we do on these interviews is we go all the way back. Oh, okay, wow. And, okay. then, and then we come full circle to your show, Halal and the Family. Okay. okay. So uh, you were born in India. I was. Mumbai. Right? Yes. Okay. But you spent almost no time there. I mean, I, I started there. That was mm -hmm. where I was born. And my parents moved to the UK when I was a year old. So mm -hmm. my parents moved from uh, Bombay to the north of England. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where I was raised, uh, in, in a sort of industrial coal mining town in the north of England. And oh. then when I was in high school, my parents decided they were going to move to Florida. And so I went from like India to the UK to Florida. So it was kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's why I could never, until I got your bio, I never could quite place your accent or lack thereof, right. right? I'm like, is it an accent? Is it not an accent? What is that thing? What is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, I used to, for a while when I was in Florida, I had this like weird amalgam of north of England and then like my American accent and people just figured I was from Brooklyn. Like it was like, because I, 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 I was at yeah. five dollars, I would say that. And, mm -hmm. and it was kind of like a throwback of the northern English kind of, you know, sort of talking like that and then American. It was like a weird. Can you go so, full British? Yeah. Give full me, British. Give, yeah, give me a full little full British. Just like that. You know, I used to talk just like this. I have a totally northern accent like that. Like, you know, I have to swear when I talk British. Fuck you, you bastard. <laughs> you oh, that's <laughs> awesome. You use the C word when you uh, talk oh, British? Oh, yeah, you're right. Can't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, can we swear? Awesome. Can we swear? Yeah, can swear. I don't know yeah, why yeah. I said BS <laughs> earlier. I meant bullshit. Uh, Okay, so uh, if you're trying to pick up women, you yeah. got to go British accent, right? You switched for you a ever... long time. When I was uh, when I yeah when I first came over, I, I realized very quickly that like you know in, in high school and college and stuff that I could use the English accent 
Uh, it was just my, my my personality was the problem. The accent worked fine. It was the <laughs> it was the after that that was the problem. Yeah, I'd I'd go to that move every time. Yeah. I'd go to that well. Totally. Uh, and so when you came over that uh, to Tampa, that must have been a really trippy thing because do they discriminate against you because you're British or because you're Indian right. or because you're Muslim? Right, right. It must have been confusing. How are we supposed to hate well, this well, kid? Well, yeah, exactly. Right. It was funny because I actually I don't think people knew what to make of me. You know, mm. when I was. Uh, when I was in high school and stuff, I think there was I was like this Indian kid with a British accent, uh, you know. So I think it was just like they were just like confused, you know. I remember actually sitting in a in a Dunkin' Donuts one time, and this was actually in North Carolina, like a few years. I was doing the uh, 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 the North Carolina Shakespeare Festival. I was there and I was doing a show, and I was sitting in this Dunkin' Donuts by myself, and there was this guy sitting like maybe two tables away from me. And I remember he looked at me and he was like. And he kept staring at me, and finally he, he looked at me and he said, "What are you?" And, and <laughs> I was awesome. like, That's "I was like, what, I was like, what, what, what do you mean?" He's like, "Well, you're not black, you're not white. What are you?" <laughs> it was like, <laughs> did he and spit that at me, any point? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you? Yeah, but it was like it was such a, an interesting thing because I was like, he, I, I, he really doesn't know. He like really did not know. Like his his world had just suddenly like. A, Expand it like he was just yeah. kind of like I'm seeing something that I've never seen before. So you know, yeah, yeah. So I, was... I like when you confuse racists and they don't know how quite to hate you, right? They're like, wait, am I supposed? to I hate don't you? even know. Yeah, I don't think because he you're was... brown because you're yeah. Muslim. I don't know. Like, I don't think he was. Help even, me out here. I don't think he was trying to hate me. I think he was just like genuinely. <laughs> what was scary about it was it was one thing if he was just a racist and he was just like I hate people, you know, Muslims or anything. He was genuinely trying to figure out like what the hell I was because he right. was like. Are you Mexican? Like, what are you? No, it's like, just that. <laughs> yeah, he's got to button it up in his mind. That makes sense. So, but so the show Halal and the Families uh, is about being Muslim mm -hmm. in America, right? Yeah. So, um, what was your experience? Because I don't know why. Maybe it's because I looked Italian and I grew up in New Jersey, so people maybe yeah. assume that I was Italian. And my name, Jank Uger, doesn't make any sense, so yeah, you yeah. can't quite place it. So I actually didn't suffer any discrimination. Right. Like when I first came over, there was a little like, oh, you're from Turkey, gobble gobble. Do you uh -huh, eat your right. family during Thanksgiving? Yeah. But you know, a couple of punches here and there, and we were done with that, right? Um, so overall, I was fine. Did yeah. You, did you get discriminated against? Uh, you know, my. When I came to America, it was much more about being Indian for me than it was about being Muslim because I didn't really identify as a Muslim that that much, you know. Mm -hmm. And and so, uh, you know, I, I wasn't particularly religious. I did, I, my, you know, I didn't come from a very very religious household, and right. you know, but it was so it was much more about the Indian thing that that where if there was any discrimination or if there was any kind of confusion about my identity or whatever it wasn't until much later that the muslim thing happened for me it was really after 911 where suddenly then like um the identification as a muslim became something that i dealt with um you know and and also like i sort of felt this need to kind of well you know after i got on the daily show of course like it was definitely something that identified me because because I saw so much stuff going on in the culture that was like just misinformation about Islam and like Muslims and all this stuff that I just was like I, I you know I've got to do say something in, in with this platform that I have you know so I mean I remember like for me the moment that I knew that like something was like something was wrong was when right soon after 9-11 there was some pundit on some talk show on news 
uh, talk show, and, and he was talking about the Muslim holiday Eid, and he was saying how in English, and this is in English, by the way, it's spelled E-I-D. That's right. one of the spellings. It can be spelled I-D, I-D-D, you know, it's like, but E-I-D is one of the spellings, and his, his whole sort of assertion was that if you spell it backwards, it spells die. Oh, God, that's and, so and profoundly so stupid. This is... The Islam is imbued with backward satanic messages like a Led Zeppelin album or something. You know what I mean? So like I, I remember I don't remember Arabic, just, you fucking I just, schmuck. Well that's the other thing. It's like it's like it's not even supposed to be written in English, right? So right. so I just remember seeing that and that was like a something a penny dropped for me. I was just like, Oh, something's gone we've gone off the rails. Like this if this is the conversation that we're having, something has gone really far, you know, where this is like on a news show. This is not even just two people, two drunk guys sitting in a bar, you know? <laughs> so um yeah, so that was that was you know, when I also started to identify with being culturally Muslim in that way, you know? That's really interesting. So you got a lot of titles on the Daily Show: uh, Muslim correspondent, Indian correspondent. My favorite is foreign-looking correspondent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think fairly. Which is fine. John Oliver has also been the foreign-looking correspondent that's one, true. one or two yeah. times. So he's more foreign-speaking correspondent. <laughs> right. But but overall, he's pasty, he's pasty skin. You know, that's true. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I'll go off the rails here for no reason. If a friend of mine used to like British girls. Right? When we were growing up, and his slogan was "the pastier, the tastier." You know, okay, I'm, so I'm not sure if John wants to take that on, <laughs> but okay. So now that's fascinating. That you, th so you think after 9/11 it's gotten worse? Do you think that like, and you've noticed it, and the country's gone backwards? Because in my experience, like when you're right, like when I was growing up, people roughly knew we were Muslim, but they didn't really give a shit. When I was growing up, nobody knew what a Muslim was. Like, like mm -hmm. they, they, you know, you'd say Muslim, and they'd be like. They thought it was a type of cloth. You know what I mean? Like it was literally like, and I think after 9/11, America was like in this place of like, well, what happened? Oh, wow! Whoa! Wait a minute! What happened? You know? And mm -hmm. and I think there was this questioning. There was a sense of like, why did this happen to us? Who are these people that did this? And what is a Muslim? You know? Like mm -hmm. that. That was cut to 15 years later. Now I feel like that conversation has been hijacked by media by politics by politicians you know and the answer has been basically given to us that we have to be afraid that's what it is you know yeah. and that's where i think america is now is in this sort of you know the, this the, the the sensationalism of it the fear-mongering of it the using it as a political tool you know uh, the protesting of mosques and blah 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 on and on you know so do you think that it, it peaked, the, the fear, the hatred, et cetera, peaked on 9-11 and ever since has gone down slowly? Or do you think it's actually gone up? No, I think it's gone up. I think, I think that we had an opportunity after 9-11 to, to, uh, to answer some questions. And those questions, and, and, and to have, a, not even answer questions, to have a nuanced conversation which could not be had. Because on some level, because of what happened and there was no response except the response of we are going to war against the evildoers, right? right. That was literally, the only, yeah. literally, that was the only response that was anybody wanted to. But there was at some point a, 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 a nuanced conversation that could have been had that nobody seems to still ever want to have about the politics of the Middle East and like, and Muslim Americans and, you know, and, and it all becomes sort of 
framed into this world of like, you know, America's going to get taken over by Sharia law, you know, and then that, and then that just makes everybody think afraid and that's what we want, you know. Isn't that amazing? We, there's a story in the news today about how Idaho is worried it's going to get taken over by Sharia law. I did a piece on The Daily Show about how Alabama passed a no foreign law uh, that's, uh, yeah, bill, remember, right? Yeah. Which, which actually takes care of Sharia law, but it also takes care of Christian law because... Jesus was not American, and <laughs> really? you know, and the Bible is not based on American <laughs> law. So, like, like you know, and, and but but of course, like that doesn't really compute ever, you know. In, That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is is a part of the point of the of the show Halal in the Family uh, to to show the other side to break down those stereotypes? We wanted to, you know, what we wanted to do with Halal in the Family. The, the way it started was that Katie Couric back in 2010, said something which she said, maybe what American Muslims need is their own Cosby show mm -hmm. uh, to, yep. you know, uh, counter Islamophobia and racism. Just in the way that the Cosby show, you know, solved racism, right? In the 80s, we all yeah, know that, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, well, I know, yeah, I, I remember the day. It was 1987. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that yeah. was it. And it was that was it, right? Night. And it was done. Racism mm -hmm. was finished, you know? Uh, so anyway, we took that literally on The Daily Show. We created a sketch that we put on the show called The Cosby Show, Q-U-O-S-B-Y, oh, right? Okay. And it was, uh, we did it on the show, it got a great response, we mm -hmm. uh, you know, presented it to a, a panel of Islamophobes and had them watch this show, <laughs> and it was really funny and it was great. Right. Then cut to five years later, um, my uh, manager, Lillian LaSalle, came to me and said, hey, I've been talking to some people, uh, some organizations, and wondering if you want to do anything in the space of like sort of you know uh, talking about issues that you care about or whatever you know and uh, and I and, he, and all my years talk, on the Daily Show discussing you know, talking to crazy Muslim haters, mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'd love to do something in relation to Islamophobia and anti-Muslim bias and stuff like that. And so we, I went back to uh, my buddy Miles Khan, who is a producer of the Daily Show, who had created the original uh, thing that we created on the show. And we sort of dusted off that idea and revamped it uh, and, and wrote this uh, sitcom parody, changed the name to Halal in the Family, and, uh, and, and, and used it as a tool within which to fold in issue-related stuff. So as much as it's hilarious and funny and, and uh, you know, deal is sort of a parody of the all-American sitcom and, and has all the tropes of an American sitcom that right. we're all used to from the 80s, you know, uh, it also uh, addresses certain issues about racism, bigotry, you know, and stuff that specifically American Muslims deal with, like, you know. Which All in the Family did back in the day as well, yeah. you know, and so it makes sense. All in the Family is actually uh, a great example because, you know, the title is an homage to, to All in the Family, and they were dealing with social and racial and political issues of their day, actually, in, in, in a similar way. And actually, Norman Lear was one of the people that gave us uh, a little bit of money to, to he contributed to our Indiegogo campaign. Well, so it was like, awesome. it was very nice, yeah. So, uh, so it's halalinthefamily.tv is where you can watch it. You did an Indiegogo campaign to, to start it up? Well, we did an Indiegogo campaign. We actually had shot it, and then we needed in it, uh, more money to finish post-production and do the marketing of it. And, and, you know, when you're doing this kind of thing, we did it for, like, very little on a shoestring, like, like we needed to pay people, you know. People worked yeah. for nothing, right? So and that, that's what we figured out here. You don't have to pay. Yeah. People. 
No, just <laughs> no. Everything's going to work out. See, I wish out. we had known that. I yeah. wish we had known that. Yeah. But you know, to be to be fair, like people really did donate their time. We have some great cameos in the series as well, uh, from the Daily Show alums, like you know, not uh, Samantha B, Jordan Klepper, Jason Jones. Um, I knew Samantha B was Muslim. I knew she it. is right. Yeah. She uh, <laughs> and she doesn't eat pork. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, and we got uh, also um, uh, 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 Black Thought from the Roots, uh, you know, who who came in and mm -hmm. uh, who is Muslim, and and, oh, and he came in and uh, uh, did a little cameo for us as well. So our show Think Tank, where there's we have a bunch of shows in, yeah. the, in the network, uh, did this great piece. Uh, Ten people you didn't know were Muslim. Okay. Really? Right. All right. Yeah. So uh, Mike Tyson, oh, some people know that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, Snoop Dogg. Which I did not know. Okay. Yeah. Um, they claim that Sha because Shaq claims it that Shaq is Muslim. He's got a funny he's way got of a showing. Cue. It. He's got a cue right there in the that's middle of true. his name, so that could yeah. be that's totally a Muslim thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. yeah no, there's I a lot. I mean, you know, Doctor Oz. Well, Doctor Oz is Turkish, and he operated yeah. on my uncle, so I he did? that one I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, there you go. Uh, you yeah. know. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, you, you know, I think that, look, in, 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 there are a lot of American Muslims out there, you know, in, in the sort of South Asian community, the Middle Eastern community, and the African American community. And, and, you know, and I think that what we're trying to do with this show is just address a lot of the issues that American Muslims deal with on a regular basis, you know, like surveillance by the FBI, like the protesting of mosques, you know, cyberbullying, you know, these are the issues uh, the media, you know, the, the use of politicians and media using Islamophobia as a, as a political tool, you know. Um, yeah, you know, actually, come to think of it, uh, we found out that the NYPD was spying on Muslim students as far out as in New Jersey. Yeah. And in fact, they found a, a place in Rutgers where they were doing that. And my two nephews went to Rutgers. Right, right, right. right. And I'm like, if they were spying in on them, yeah. boy, they got an eyeful. Right, <laughs> okay, right. But it wasn't anything to do with Islam. <laughs> That is always the danger of spying on college students, right? Yeah, that's right. And so I thought, what a tremendous waste of money, to, right? To find out what those two knuckleheads are up to. Yeah. Um, but so now, uh, one of the issues that's come up is the Bill Maher, Sam Harris, Ben Affleck yeah, controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm I have to confess that I'm in the camp of that I think that they overgeneralize, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then they get really mad when I say that. Yeah. Uh, but. And they then not them, but then the people online will say, "Oh yeah, you're a Muslim apologist." Like I think you just overgeneralized. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so what's your? Do you have a take on all that? Well, I think look, whenever you are going to identify an entire group of people based on its fringe element, there's only one reason to do that, and that's because you want to, and mm. that's it, and that serves your narrative. So. If you are, if all, if, if, if that's the argument that you're making, like, you know, that all Muslims are terrorists, that, like, you know, Islam is somehow incompatible with, uh, you know, I mean, there was a great article in Time recently about, like, uh, the fact that there's 150 million Muslims in India, right? Mm -hmm. and, and practically none of them have joined Al-Qaeda. So, like, how does that, if, if somehow Islam is incompatible with democratic, a democratic society, then explain India to me. You know, right. um, I mean, obviously there's a history there and, you know, the, 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 the moguls and all that stuff. But the fact is that, you know, a lot of this stuff is so, like you said, it's so generalized and it's so unnuanced. And the conversation 
paints these broad strokes uh, about about a part of the world that is incredibly complex. You can't even say that all Muslims are the same. You know, like an Indonesian Muslim is very different than a Saudi Wahhabi. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's a they're, they're night and day. You know, so to paint all Muslims under one brush stroke and to sort of say like everybody is you know uh, you know even even in terms of like the Hebdo stuff you know when mm -hmm. when you have like uh, the stuff you know th there's actually a tradition in Islam of creating images of the Prophet Muhammad. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. you, you can go back into Islamic history and, and find Muslims that have actually created images of the Prophet Muhammad and it was actually done in, in honor of the Prophet Muhammad. It could be that perhaps some of the times that people are upset in the Muslim world about the images of Prophet Muhammad is because it's depicted as making fun of him, right? right. And, and it also ties into a whole world of like the way that part of the world, you know, it, it ties into colonialism, imperialism that goes back centuries, the stealing of oil, the stealing of land, you know, and, and so all of that plays into, you know, uh, the, the psyche of, 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 uh, of the Muslim world. And, 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 none, and a lot of that stuff does not get um, talked about and, and is not conducive to trying to create a narrative that just paints all Muslims as terrorists. I think your question as to what end is a, is a great question. And I had Sam Harrison here, we talked, we had a three hour conversation. Right, and right. I thought it was really interesting. But one of the things that, that I thought didn't get a great answer was, you know, he says, well, Islam um, drives, is designed in it and writes in there that it's against people who don't believe in Islam. So they're driven to, to violently act out. Uh, and you know, again, you can you know, Sam will say uh, there's a lot of nuance in how he phrases that, right? Mm -hmm. But they're driven to to fight against people who are not Muslim, right? Now, and he acknowledges the Old Testament is actually the most barbaric book; it slaughters everybody, etc. But he says the vast numbers of Jews and, and Christians don't do that anymore. But vast, they don't say all; they say vast numbers of Muslims do that. But I thought, well, if that they're driven by their uh, religion, well. Muslims used to rule the Middle East completely. They had complete power, right? Mm -hmm. There was the Arab Empire, there was the, you know, the Ottoman Empire, there was the Seljuk Empire, and they didn't kill all the non-Muslims. Right. They right. didn't kill the Jews. They didn't kill all the Christians. Right. They didn't. So, I mean, look, maybe I'm, it has to do with power, right? It has and, to, and and lashing out when you don't have power, as opposed to right. I mean, the religion I think, I think that there's a relationship between the powerful and the powerless. I mean, look, I'm not an Islamic scholar, but I do know that, like. You know, the, throughout if you go throughout history, there have been many occasions where Muslims and Jews and Christians have lived side by side in complete peace and harmony. I think it has to do with with the power structure. It has to do with politics. It has to do with disenfranchised people in in parts of the world. Like you know, uh, even 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 acts of terrorism are committed by by uh, young men who feel on some level disenfranchised or powerless. Or have nothing else, you know what I mean? No, yeah. I mean, if it, look, if I lived in Gaza, what the hell else am I gonna do? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm living in an open air prison, and you know, if I blow my, why not? Why not? They don't have bomb? much to lose. Yeah, it, it, it's like the kamikaze pilots. They didn't do that when they were winning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, they, when they were out of ammo and they're losing the war, they're like, okay, let's send in the pilots yeah. to just crash into the right. ships. I think I, I mean, look, I'm not saying that there's not issues uh, within the Muslim world. Mm -hmm. uh, that need to be addressed, and you know the 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 fundamentalism and the and, and the, the you know the uh, the terrorism and all that. But I think to paint everything in an unnuanced, I think there's a conversation here that is that that most 
people don't want to have because um, it, it is, it's a nuanced conversation and it's a complicated conversation and it's not, it doesn't make for good sound bites, you know? Right. And, and finally, uh, on this point, let's come back to your point on to what end, right? So if, even if you think it's a vast number of Muslims, you know, whatever percentage they want to put on. Right. Okay, and then what? So then what do you want to do? Do you want to profile them? You know, do you want to take some sort of preemptive action? Right. What do you want to do? What do you want to torture? What do you want to do, right? And I don't know what, what their end goal is. Because like, if you want to fight against Islam, then I'm with you. I don't believe in any of the religions. I think they're all wrong. Right. You know, if the, when the, the Muslim radicals say, you can't draw, draw the Prophet Muhammad, that's against Islam. Yeah, but I'm not Muslim, so I can draw all I like. Right, right. right. You don't want well, to draw them, God bless. You have to also realize that those people are using that as a political tool as much as they're using the other side of it as a political tool in the West. I mean, for me, the Hebdo attacks, when I look at that situation... It had nothing to do with freedom of speech. It had to do with a, 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 a terrorist. It, had, it was a terrorist act, right? And what happens is that you can wave the flag of you can't draw the image of the Prophet Muhammad and, and try to get the entire Muslim world on your side. And then on this side, you've got freedom of expression, wave the flag of freedom of expression, and you've got the entire Western world on your side. And now you have a, a war of cultures, which completely like doesn't have the conversation about what those attacks were really about, which was most of those people were disenfranchised, you, you know, Middle Eastern youth living in, in, in France. And, and what is that about? What is, you know, why are people joining Al-Qaeda? It's not because they're fundamentalists, they're, they're praying five times a day. It, you know what I mean? It has to do with politics, you know? Yeah, a lot of the 9-11 guys went to strip clubs yeah, before, exactly. before yes. they did the bombings, you know? right? Yeah. And, and I think that they, look, like the mass killers here in America, the, the, the ones that you Columbine, et cetera, they're, well, they're, that's the thing, right? They're looking for glory in all yeah. the wrong places. Yeah, it's the right? same thing. When 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 a white guy goes in and like blows something up or hacks people, that it's always like, oh, you know, he has mental problems. He yeah, went yeah. off his medication. Right. But if a Muslim guy does that, and or a Middle Eastern guy does it and just yells Allah Akbar, suddenly it's Islam. Islam is the problem. Yeah. Islam is the you know, and and that's where we end up. In that's where the conversation ends up. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So. Now that we got that out of the way. All right, let's, yeah. <laughs> so I want to go back to, to how you got in that, into this business in the first place. Because I, I, that's my favorite part of all of the career track stories. Like, right, right. Because you come from an immigrant family, uh, you know, where we come from, like, media, entertainment yeah. is not in the equation. Yeah. It's not acceptable, mm -hmm. right? So we, did your parents flip out? Uh, or were they supportive? How, how did that happen? You know, my, my parents, like all immigrant parents, were not thrilled that I wanted to uh, pursue acting as a career. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, but I, I sort of wanted to be an actor when I was very young. Like, I, I would watch American television, and, you know, like, I grew up in, in the UK, right? And, and I would watch, like, Happy Days and The Fawns and all this stuff and, like, kind of, yeah. like, want to be, you know, a, a, an actor. In fact, it was... Uh, my mother was the one who actually... Um, uh, when I told her that I, when I was a young kid, I told her I wanted to be like the Fonz. And I was just I, about to say, yeah, yeah, I was doing, I would do the whole thing. And then she said, uh, I remember she looked at me and she said, no, 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 you want to be like Omar Sharif. And it was like the first brown, and, and, and then she introduced me to Omar Sharif, who was the first brown guy in a Hollywood film who was not playing a native, he was not playing like some servant or slave, you know. Right, he right. was a guy who was making out with like a hot blonde chick, you know. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's awesome, you know. Right. So, like I think, 
I, I fell into, I, I started taking acting classes and stuff when I was very young. And, uh, you know, I think my parents probably thought it was going to be a phase that I would grow out of. But, uh, but I didn't, clearly. So, you know. Right. <laughs> Given what you just said, I, I bet that uh, my guess is, you tell me, that you probably got offered a lot of roles where it was not Omar Sharif. Right. Right? Yeah. And this is a lot of stereotypes, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about it? Do you play those roles? Do you not play those roles? How do you how do you handle that? I mean, look, when you're starting off, you just play whatever roles you can because you're trying to build up your yeah. resume. You're trying to like get work. So you know, there were many instances where like I would go in for uh, to audition as a snake charmer. You know, mm -hmm. and then I remember like once I went in and they were like, uh, "Do you actually know how to snake charm?" You know, they actually they actually <laughs> you asked didn't put me. that in your resume <laughs> on their skills. And I, I well, I wanted the job so badly that I was like, you know, I don't, but. I'm Indian, so it could be in my <laughs> DNA. I could, could just might just figure it out somehow, you know. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of those kinds of um, you know roles where you're paying your dues, you know. Uh, for me, it's always really been about the character, and 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 you know, I have no problem playing you, you know a cab driver or a terrorist or a doctor or whatever. But for me, it's always about who, what is the character? Is it you know, is it, I, if I'm going to play a terrorist, I want him to be an interesting terrorist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I want I him do, to have some, like, views on terrorism. You know, what right. are his thoughts? You know, right. I don't want to play some, like, you know, just generic jihadi who's, like, just screaming death to America, you know? Yeah. Give him, like, uh, give him a point of view, you know? So that's, that's all I ask. Was Miami Vice your first break? Miami Vice was the first, <coughs> excuse me, on-camera thing that I'd done. Uh -huh. It was, I was still in school when I did that. And so uh, how did you get it and what did you play? I, I got it. It was a workshop that I attended for the casting director of Miami Vice. I was in Tampa, Florida at the time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. going to school. And uh, the casting director came up and she did this workshop on camera acting kind of thing. And then called me a week later and said, hey, there's this audition uh, for the doorman outside the Biltmore Hotel in Miami, Florida, yeah. like, and just like all I had to do was I got two lines with Don Johnson, uh -huh. and um, and I remember like I I was like yeah, and I got I rented a car, I drove down to Miami, I like auditioned for this thing, got it, and that's how I got my SAG card actually. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see how the whole world comes around, and I'm wearing my Crocker jacket. Yeah, you are. You've got exactly. <laughs> Except you don't have the you don't have the sweat pits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew. Well, that's because we're not in Miami. If we were back at the Biltmore Hotel, I that's would. That's true. Trust me. Yes, Trust yes. me. I'm a sweater. Um, so Turkish. <laughs> yeah. What can we do? Um, so Oz, what did you play in Oz? In Oz, I played the dentist, the the prison dentist. Uh-huh. Uh, who? Uh, were, were you raped at all or no? I I, I, I think I everybody was at some uh, point. You in mean Oz. on Oz? Was I raped? On, oh, on his, yeah. uh, uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't raped. I actually got. Uh, it was a fun role. I, I got to work with my buddy Rick Rogers, who mm -hmm. was playing one of the white supremacists, and mm -hmm. he uh, needs um, a gum graft, and I tell him that I have uh, grafted his gums. Uh, with with the uh, the gums off an African American cadaver. Uh, oh, and, and, I think and, I remember and, that. And he freaks out because he's like, "How can I have a black man's gums in my mouth?" And you know, so right. he doesn't know how to deal. He has a whole mental breakdown around it. But it was great. I got I got a great fight scene in there actually. So okay, yeah, no, Oz no, was Oz, Oz was nothing but fighting rape. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I remember from Oz. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and by the way, every actor in that has now become like. Gigantic. It was it was huge such, stars. It was it was like a, I mean I only did a couple of episodes of it, but it was a lot of fun and it was great. And I, 
you know, it was just fun. It was funny because, like, I could always tell, like, you know, uh, the, once, once, uh, I, when I did Sex in the City, like, the day after my Sex in the City episode aired, every woman on the streets of New York was staring at me as I walked down the street. And I was like, oh, yeah. my God, this is amazing. Like, it right. was just like, you know. And after I did Oz... <laughs> Like it was literally like every like scary looking dude who was walking down me was like me. Oh, you, dude you're the guy from dentist on us so it was you know you could tell like the different the different demographics that's funny there, when I was on uh, MSNBC and Current if somebody came up to me I was doing the Young Turks right, right right if they were over forty they recognized me from cable news right if they right. were under forty. They recognized me from for porn, the young from porn, from, from me, yeah, and porn, porn yeah, of yeah, course. Right. To be fair, I'm a huge in the bear community. <laughs> um, okay, finally, uh, Daily Show. So, yes, uh, what's the process you go through to, to get that job? How did you get it? Were you on top of the world? Um, the I name? actually got it. Uh, it was an audition. I just, mm -hmm. I, I actually got uh, a call one day from my uh, manager, and they said the Daily Show is looking for a Middle Eastern guy. Mm -hmm. And um, they're looking for a senior foreign-looking right. They were, and I, and you know, I remember thinking like, this is the worst homeland security sting operation I've ever <laughs> heard of in my entire life. It's never gonna work. Right. Or I thought they were gonna like, I was gonna end up like we're wearing a fake beard, yelling "Death to America" or the turban, and you know. Right. And so I actually turned it down. I actually said, I'm, I don't want to oh, go in. Really? Yeah. I, I actually said, I'm not doing. Well, oh, that's it. why you got it. Well, it was weird because they, they called back like 10 minutes later and they said, no, no, it's for a correspondent and they want you to come down. And, and it was a one-off gig. It was like they just wanted like a real, uh, they wanted a correspondent in the Middle East who was supposed to be a Middle East correspondent and they didn't have one. So mm -hmm. they had written this thing for it. And mm -hmm. uh, I went down there at like, I think, 3 o'clock. I met Jon Stewart for the first time, auditioned with what, him. What year was that? This was 2006. Okay. Uh -huh. It was during the Israeli-Hezbollah conflict, mm -hmm. and uh, it was about the chat that I did. was about that. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, did it, uh, and then John turned to me and, and said, welcome to the show. You're on tonight. Uh -huh. and, and that was it. And then I, I was on that night, mm -hmm. did the show, and then John just kept calling me back. Like, and then mm -hmm. for like the next four months, John would just call me back and have me, and I was actually living out in L.A. at the time, because I was doing this show called Jericho on CBS, and so I would just fly yeah. back to New York and be on the, they'd call me up, they'd be like, you wanna do a chat next week? And then I'd just go, so like, I did that, and then after about four or five months of that, he offered me a contract and said, you want an office over here? And just start mm -hmm. working, and then the rest was, you know, been there ever since, so. That's, that's phenomenal. It's, I don't know if you saw Silicon Valley last night on HBO. I didn't. I actually saw you during Silicon Valley because they had ads for the ads brink. Ads for the brink, yes, yeah, yeah. which is very which, exciting. Which looks cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about this. It's coming out June 21st, and uh, it stars Jack Black, Tim Robbins, Pablo Schreiber, John Larroquette's in it, Carla Gugino's in it, uh, yeah. and myself. And it's, it's uh, a geopolitical, comedic satire about uh, it's crazy. It's it's it follows um, one geopolitical one global crisis over the course of ten episodes, uh, and it's a, it's a comedy. So uh, it's 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 great, and I'm very excited about it. That's cool. And I I knew I was going to interview you today, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, right there. Yeah, 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 and, no. and Silicon Valley is exactly the, it was the the thing last night was. Uh, they kept saying no, and investors would give them more money. Oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah. So they yeah, pulled yeah. an awesome, uh, <laughs> funny enough, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the show. Yeah, they said no, right, exactly. You know, it's all, you know, I think that was the thing. Like, when I went in and auditioned for John, 
I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I've never been a fake news guy. Like, I don't know. I'm an actor. You know, I was on Broadway. Like, I was, like, doing TV and Law and & Order and, you know, stuff like that. So I was like, this is, I don't know what the daily... And so I just did my best Stephen Colbert impression. That was oh, really the only thing I knew how to do. Uh -huh. And I just did that and, and, and got the job. And it was, uh, you know... And then, of course, you learn how to do that job as you do it. There's no one, no one can teach you how to be a Daily Show correspondent. Right. Uh, my dad would always ask me, like, what school you are going to go for talk show host? <laughs> <laughs> His dad, yeah, no let's school. go. Let's go. Yeah. So, but I, now I figured out everything. So that's what Trevor Noah must have done. He must have gone in and be like, no, I won't take it. I won't take it at all. Okay. He Don't even it down try. like five times. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been some drama. Anyway, uh, we'll save that for another day. Halalinthefamily.tv. Yes. Okay. Uh, it is the new Cosby show. Cosby, Cosby, Q U apostrophe O S B Y. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so everybody, check it out. Hello on the family TV. Yes. Asif, you're awesome. Thanks Thank for you. coming in. We really appreciate it. So man. great Thank talking you. to you, man. Thanks All right. a lot. Thank you. Yeah.